good morning. And once again, I'd like to thank you for tuning in on my podcast. Today is Monday, August 16th. And this is a subject I thought I would never have to do a podcast about or even speak about in my lifetime. I went on other social media platforms and explained that I would talk more about it on my podcast because it's something that really shouldn't be on social media because of the negative feedback I'll get back from it all. But it's definitely something that needs to be brought up in today's society because there's too much of it going around. And it's hate. There's just so much of it that is unnecessary, uncalled for, ridiculous. You know, whether it be because of race, religion, genre, you listen to gender, you claim, whatever it might be, it's just off the chain anymore. And it's unbelievable that society has gotten this far forward to go 2,000 steps backwards now. And I'm not one to talk politics or things going on in the government, but our leaders have a lot to do with it. That is really pushing this movement to go backwards back into a segregation instead of a desegregation and a unity of one instead of unity of none and all this stems from a situation I had last week at one of the gyms I work out at and I won't mention the gym because I don't want the gym to get bad reputation or because it's definitely not their fault that it happened it's just something that happened due to ignorance and this outright I don't even know the word to use for it all it's just unbelievable but before I get into it you know I'll explain a little bit more like I said I'm from Cleveland Ohio I grew up in the 80s in Cleveland to where I was only in sixth grade when I got when desegregation started when kids from the west side got busted east side and I went to school my whole life where there was more black students than white students and especially in high school where 86% of the high school was black and and only that 14% was white and out of the 14% only 8% actually went to school because they feared the repercussions if they went to school whether it be from bullying racism the May Day effect which was something that went around when I was in school where on May 1st every year for some crazy reason ever since I can remember back to 6th grade that white people were getting beat up for no reason they were getting jumped they weren't getting one on one fights they were getting jumped and I never had any issues with it no one ever came at me or attacked me or my siblings or good friends you know maybe it's because I was who I was you know I was real I didn't put on an act in front of nobody. I didn't act scared or or even be scared. You know, it wasn't about that. It was just about being what I represented, you know, how I was brought up, you know, to stand up for myself, to not take BS from people. But throughout that, I said, going through school and everything, you know, the year I was bust in sixth grade, which I went to 
Mary B. Martin Elementary School on Huff Avenue, which Huff Avenue is one of the worst spots in the city of Cleveland back in the early 80s. And we were told each and every day when the bus would take us to school in, in the warm weather, don't get me wrong, it was during the peak of the you know, 60, 70, 80 degree days, we were to sit on the floor of the bus as we passed from East 71st up to the elementary school due to rocks and bottles and other things and projectiles thrown at the bus every single day. It was like clockwork every day, especially after school in the afternoon. Windows were being busted out. You know, they were attacking the bus at stoplights just for no reason. And it was it was unbelievable. You know, being, you know, being in sixth grade, I was, what, 10 years old. I was terrified. But I got through it all. I didn't let it alter my thought process, the way I treated people, the way I reacted to people. Because to me, there is no color. There, we're all as one. You know, we all bleed red. We all put our pants on one leg at a time. And deep down, we all love family and life. We love our lives. You know, if you go through life hating life and hating people for no reason, having the animosity and the bitterness, you're not going to go far in life. You're either going to end up in jails or prison or drugs or lonely, depressed, have tons of anxiety. And we're put on this earth to live and thrive, not just live and try to survive. So after elementary school and going on to middle, you know, junior high back when I was in school and then on the high school, and I spent majority of my time on the east side playing basketball at Luke Easter Park on East 115th Street till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. I'd be the only white person over there. Nobody ever bothered me. No one ever called me names. No one ever called me honky or cracker or nothing like that over there. Maybe my friends, you know, out of humor. But back then, it was okay to say, you know, call each other names. Nobody got offended by it because we had a brotherly love for each other and we didn't let other people change the way we felt about each other. It was more than just friendship, you know, back when I was young. You know, to this day, I still speak to probably over 100 of my friends from high school, where, again, 75% of them are, are black. And I don't get, you know, the racial part of it all, where they say, if you got to defend that you're not a racist, you are a racist. To me, I'm sorry, that doesn't make any sense to me. Racism is most ignorant thing ever invented, I think, on this earth. But after high school, I went on to play sports still, you know, being a bouncer in nightclubs and actually bouncing at an all-black club in the flats called Splashes back in the 90s. I didn't have incidents like I just had recently. I only had one incident in my entire life prior to this. And it was all because of garbage. And it's crazy. And I hypothetically mean garbage. I went out to take my garbage out one morning in the city of Cleveland. In West Park, which was a predominant, very nice middle income, you know, neighborhood. And put the garbage in the garbage cans right before I went to work. And... 
as I was getting ready to walk out to work, you know, go to my car to go to work one morning, garbage truck pulled up in front of my house, and one of the, uh, I guess you would say sanitation workers, garbage men, whatever you want to call them, took the bag out of my can, whipped it around the side of the truck, hit the side of the truck, and ripped the bag open, and there was glass and stuff in it, broke all over right in the end of my driveway. And then he whistled to the driver and told the driver to move up to the next house. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What are you doing? You just ripped that bag and broke a bunch of glass in front of my driveway. And I got to get out. What are you going to do about it? His exact words. And I quote him. I'm not going to do a damn thing about it. I ain't got time for this shit. So I said, somebody's going to take care of it. I said, you know, worse, if I got to call Allied. Or I can't remember if that was the name of the garbage, waste management, whatever it was back then. And report this. I said, if I get a flat tire, you guys will be paying for it. I said, this is bullshit. I said, you got brooms right there on the side of your truck and shovels. You need to clean it up. You made the mess. You should actually clean it up. He told me to take my skinhead ass back in my house before I get fucked up. I had so much rage go through my spine up and down my spine when I was walking towards my front door again I stopped I turned around my neighbor across the street Lewis who was a Puerto Rican man came running across the street to stop me because he said Bob it's not worth it let it go no and then the driver of the truck who was also a black gentleman he got out of the front of the truck as he heard the yelling and screaming and he said, I'll take care of it. I'll, I'll clean it all up. You know, we'll get it out of your out of your way. And the gentleman who decided to call me the skinhead said, I ain't cleaning up shit. He wants it cleaned up. He can clean it himself. And went to the passenger side of the truck and just stood over there smoking a cigarette. And more words were exchanged, but I was the better person and decided to get in my car and leave. You know, once they got it cleaned up. Because, you know, I had a job to get to. I had a career to get to. And I thought it was over with. And, you know, I thought, wow, that was a once-in-a-lifetime for me. And I couldn't believe that even happened then. Especially, I mean, God, I was already in my 30s when that happened. So here I am from the age of 10 to the age of 35, never having an incident ever until a garbage man decides to call me a skinhead. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, yeah, maybe I'm bald and I was a bigger guy and tattoos all over me. But I'm a gentle giant. I mean, I don't have to explain myself to nobody, explain my actions to anybody. I am who I am. You don't like me? I won't lose sleep over it. But if you need help, I don't care if you're a stranger or you're my worst enemy, which... I don't have enemies. Enemies are, that's another word I don't like to use because what's the point of having an enemy? You fall in that same trap with the animosity and the bitterness and, again, to the hate in the world. But I'll do anything for anybody. I give everybody benefit of the doubt. But when you attack me or attack my family or my kids, especially my you know wife or children, that's a switch that you turn on that is almost impossible to turn back off. So... This gets us back to what happened last week at the gym. I arrived at the gym, I don't know, a little bit after 6, 6.15, 6.20. I can't remember the exact time. 
I've been going to this gym now for a year and a half. Multiracial gym. You got blacks, whites, Spanish, Mexican, Middle Eastern, Asians, everybody going to this gym. Everyone gets along, helping each other out, encouraging people, giving people high fives, thumbs up. Never, ever seen any kind of issues or problems inside this gym. But that night, Thursday night, like I said, I got there, let's just say 6.30 approximately. And I was actually doing shoulders and back that day. And went to a couple of the hammer strength machines over by the Smith machines, which they only have four Smith machines in the gym. You know, it's not a huge gym. You know, it's just an average size gym, nationwide chain. And on the farthest one to the left by the pulley machine, there was a, a young couple using the machine. They were actually doing squats. The next machine over was a, a young man doing bench pressing. And then the the two on the right, closest to all the dumbbells and the bent, flat benches and inclined benches, there was two black gentlemen and a younger black girl with dumbbells all over the place, three barbells standing on end, uh, water bottles, sweatshirts laying all around. They had the sit-up machine there, for the, or you can call it the decline bench there. And they were doing, you know, just multiple exercises. You know, they were lifting shoulder shrugs with the 45-pound plates. The guys were, you know, standing behind the machine and doing a lot of sit-ups and crunches and barbell work, you know, which, hypothetically, they weren't using the Smith machine for anything. About 15, 20 minutes into me doing my, um, I guess you would say my lower lats on a hammer strength machine directly across from the Smith machine. One of them finally actually went over and did a bent over row with the Smith machine barbell, which I'm like, okay, wow, that's the first time I've seen them touch inside the Smith machine for anything. You know, because they literally had six sets of dumbbells all over the place. And like I said, sweatshirts, water bottles, using two of the machines. And I went over and did another on the lat pull down instead of the lat machine, you know, so I was working more of the hammer strength machine. I did that one, did my five sets of 15, went over to the pulley machines. I, I was doing um, uh, lat pull downs with the straight bar. Then I was doing it with the T handle. I was over there for a good half hour. Maybe a little bit longer than that, actually. It was probably a little bit. It was about 7.10, 7.15 when I was over there. And a, a young man walks up to me and says, um, are you waiting for the Smith machine? I said, oh, yeah, I kind of am. I want to do some shoulder shrugs. I said, that's all I really got to do in there. I said, I just got, you know, one set to do, you know. Well, actually, five sets to do a 15 to do in there. But he goes, yeah, I've been waiting since about... 545 550 for the machines and he goes these people here you know they were they've been on the machine since i got here so one of the other benches decided to open up and i told that guy well if you've been waiting that long go ahead and grab that one I, i'm in no hurry I, it is what it is so i went back over to the universal machines on the other side of the gym and i did then did a lap pull down did a the rowing machine i did the military press machine I did the um, reverse pec machine for my back of my shoulders.
I was over there for a good 45 more minutes. So I go back over there, and they're still on the machines. And there's other people on the other two machines now, and which I, I get it. They should be on it. But here it is now. I've been there two hours, and they're still on the machines. And I went over and sat on one of the bench press hammer strength machines, and I was, and I was getting antsy. So I kindly walked over to him and asked him, I said, you can be much longer on one of the machines. Could I, you, know, you guys give one up so I can just do a quick you know, set? And again, I quote this gentleman. No, he was probably in his late 30s, early 40s. Tall as me, heavier than me. And he told me I should take my white ass and walk away. So I looked at him. I looked at the other guy who was standing with his hand on one of the barbells that was standing on the end. And he just gave me, you know, just gave me a look. I started to open my mouth, and then the girl picks up her phone immediately to start filming. So I don't know if they were waiting for a response or they wanted a response out of me, but I sure didn't give them what they wanted. I laughed. I laughed for about 15 seconds. <laughs> And walked away, walked it back down to the pulley machines and told myself when I go home tonight, I'm going to pray to God for them and pray that, you no, know, they find love in their heart instead of just having hate because of my white ass interrupted their workout. You know, I was appalled by it. You know, I, I wasn't angry. I was just like, these are grown men. You know, they ain't young kids or... I mean, these are grown-ass men who attack me just because of my color. So I started doing different exercises on the pulley machine, and I started walking back over by the Smith machines again, and there was a young kid on the bench next to him. He came over to me. He goes, I know you want to use it. He goes, I'm all done. If you want to use it, you can go ahead and use it. And the kid was just scared. I can tell he was nervous. He, he, was, he was a young kid, probably 18, 19 years old. And I can tell he was just wanting to get away from all that because, you know, when they said it, two or three people around the Smith machines heard what they said to me. And they see my reaction. Like I said, no, no look out of me, no words out of me, just a laugh and a walk away. You know, I did the right thing. You know, maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago, in my, when I was younger, when I was, before I was diagnosed with a disease, you know, on top of that, I am a disabled person. I might have handled the whole situation differently. But I did the right thing. You know, I'm, I'm too grown for all this immaturity and mainly the hate that they had for no reason. So I was doing my shoulder shrugs with the barbell and started at 110 pounds to 155 pounds to 195 pounds to 225, 235. And I got all the way up to 325 while they're doing their 45-pound plates in one in each hand. And I wasn't doing it as an ego thing. I was doing it because that's what I can do. You know, even though I shouldn't be lifting anything over eight pounds, knowing I just had cervical fusions done, I just had injections done. I got a heart monitor on my body now because I'm having ventricular tachycardia lately. You know, I got two diseases that have no cures, and I'm officially at the point in my life where I know my disease is going to win, but I have my faith in God and my faith in the love and support from family and friends around me 
that keeps me going. And I go to the gym for reassurance, my mental stability, my emotional health. And then I get blasted, verbally attacked for no reason. So as I finished up and I wiped the bench down and re-racked the weights, I went over to grab my water bottle and fallen off the ground in front of the bench. And one of the guys looks at me and nods to me as I walk away. Was it because maybe I was lifting way more weight than them? Maybe they thought better of what they did. Maybe they realized that what they said was wrong. But I don't know. I didn't even acknowledge. I did the right thing. I just walked away. Didn't even go tan. I was so upset, which I love tanning. <laughs> but I was so mad I didn't go. So Friday comes around. I didn't go to the gym because I was still so hurt by what was what happened there because I never expected that to happen to me in my lifetime again. You know, it's been so long since it happened last time. And I hit 52 years later in my life, and it's only happened twice. And I thought it was over with. I blew it off. So I go back to the gym on Saturday. And Saturday was arm day, which is my favorite workout. I started on the universal machines, doing some things over there. Then end up over by the dumbbells. And as I got into my third different exercise with dumbbells, I realized I seen one of them in the gym staring at me through the mirrors. Again, it was funny, ironic, down by the Smith machine. So when I got done with the, all the dumbbell work I had to do and two barbell exercises, I went down to the pulleys to do tricep exercises and a few different bicep exercises. Before I even realized it, I noticed there was actually now those two gentlemen plus four or five other guys that were with them. And two of them were standing by the military press hammer strength machine talking. And a young, one of the younger ones went over there, was talking. Then on this universal machine I was on that has four stations for the pulleys, they went to all three stations around me. So basically my back was against the mirror. And they were at the other three machines around me. And they were talking loud and saying how strong they are and this and that. And there was one that was probably 6'6", you know, 210 pounds, you know, muscular younger guy. And he kept eyeballing me through the mirror. And the two young ones, you know, they put their phone and water bottle right next to mine. And I thought for sure, you know, here we go again. You know, now there's not just two, now there's seven. So I called my wife and took some video other guys just in case something did happen I had video of their faces and you know my wife told me just to walk away go to the other side of the gym leave come home whatever it is and I said well no I still want to tan <laughs> but I did the right thing I walked away I went to the back to the universe machines on the totally opposite side of the gym and within five minutes of being over there a couple of them went over to the pec deck one went on the treadmill directly behind me one went to the machine right next to me. And everywhere I went in the gym, they went. And I laughed a little bit more, called my son, told my son about what was going on, put on live video, show my son that, you know, what how they were basically corralling me. And I just, I don't know, I, I was I intimidated? Maybe a little bit. You know, it was probably the first time in my life that I really felt that, okay, this 
this can turn out really bad. You know, like I said, growing up in Cleveland, gangbanging and getting jumped and fights all the time. And I was never accosted like I was there. So I decided to go ahead and go tanning. Went over, went tanning. And I, you know, I told you know, one of the workers who works there. Well, actually, I told a couple of them. One of the girls and one of the guys, you know, what happened on Thursday, you know, the same day it happened. And I spoke to the young girl on Saturday and, you know, asked if she told the manager about what happened. And, uh, and like I told him, it's, it's not a big deal. I'm past it. I'm over it. And, you know, when I got done tanning, I didn't see any of them in there. So they obviously thought I left, maybe, if that's, you know. You know, I, I could be looking too deep into this, you know, that they surrounded me in every machine I went to for two hours. You know, maybe they just like to do the same exercise I did. Who knows? You know, maybe, like I said, maybe I am looking too deep into this and I'm putting blame on somebody, making accusations. But the whole thing centered around my color at the beginning, my white ass. So it was hard for me to make want to make this podcast. I knew I couldn't have put it on social media because of all the negativity, all the racial remarks I probably would have got could have been banned from social media platforms, just pleading my case. And like I said, it's nothing that I'm going to pursue or I'm going to, you know, I, to me, it's over with, it's done. I see him at the gym again. We'll see what happens, but I'm I'm not going to let something like this deter me from doing what I love to do. Something I need for my, like I said, mental and emotional health to keep me strong inside from, you know, you know, I have my faith, I have my support, I have my love, but I really need that gym atmosphere for my mental health. You know, the physical side has been taken from me my whole life, you know, for the last, especially the last 15 years, it's been taken. I need to secure it in my heart that I can still fight this and I got this. So I appreciate everybody for listening. I'll go back to my normal podcast after this. This was this event. You know, explain a little bit more about what happened and try to figure out why society is the way it is, especially older gentlemen. You know, I mean, but I hope this doesn't happen to anybody else. Nobody in this world deserves hate for no reason. No, nobody should have this bitterness and animosity towards anybody just because of their religion, their race, their gender, whatever it might be. And I want to thank everybody for listening and wish all of you a very pleasant day. And I love you all. Thank you.